in Ugemaris, get more people to join. Those who fell off the bandwagon in the middle of Shabbos, it's okay, we can start all over again. We're starting a brand new Masechta. Grab your flyer, put it up in Shul, put it up in your backyard, give it to the local newspaper. Um, a little bit, we're going weiter in the Megillah. The one Megillah that we got. Is that Yeshua? Who just walked in? Okay. It says like this. I finished with you <coughs> through YouTube. Which translates blessings. Shabbos, which says, All blessings of the week are dependent on the seventh day, which is Shabbos. Made Kalim the Shabbos to accept the brachas. We made Kalim, we made the Shabbos a brach. A whole Torah here, we're starting Erevin, which can also translate to Arvos. Call Yisrael Arevim Zelazeh. We have an obligation to connect the entire world to Yeshir as part of Arvos. I'm planning to host a scene for my family members at an undisclosed location. So, this is the Bar Park that wanted to get a hold of this guy. They, they decided he's in Bar Park because he's Hasidish. I don't think all Hasidim live in Bar Park, but they, that's what they decided. So they want him to join, but he's saying that he's not going to join. He's going to be at an undisclosed location someplace on earth. I hope it's on earth. We'll have two speakers of approximately two minutes each. The first speaker, Rabbi Eli Stefanski, a recorded YouTube video of DAF 115 at minute 148 seconds till the end. The second speaker will be myself, a vart I heard from Rabbi Stefanski connected to a golden dove. I'm not a Rosh Hashiva Magitshir Baldarish and Kol Yungaman. I'm a Pashta Jew, a businessman trying to fulfill God's will, illuminate the entire world with light that shines from one end to the other. I hope you'll forgive me for my writing a long email, taking up your time for my errors in grammar and spelling. My background is Hasidish with no proper English education. And then it goes on the Megillah and it says Anonymous. Ali Batslach Anonymous. P.S. Some funny parts of the Shir. After learning with you, Brachas and Shabbos, I got to know you a little, your family and your members. About you. In the beginning, you spoke a little bit about it, but your wife, and then you stopped when somebody wrote you an email that it's not nice to make fun of your wife in public. Avi was just giving me Musr that I shouldn't take these emails seriously. So maybe I'll go back and make fun of my wife. I don't know. The bracha shahakal for your cup of water you stop saying aloud because of the discrepancy of how you pronounce the word shahakal. That's not true. The reason why I don't make shahakal anymore is because I don't go anywhere. It's on my table and I drink way before the shir starts. But when I went to a new place, that's when I made a shahakal. Okay, close. You love to visit the safari when we're learning the brachas almost every day. You took us to the safari and then you stopped for whatever reason. Because Shabbos doesn't have animals. But once we have lions and stuff, then we go back to the safari. You like the jet ski? Some odd story of a mikvah happened while you were jet skiing. You're a pilot and used to own your private jet. Not quite. Halavai. It was a private single-engine propeller plane. Still, it's kishmak. That's how the story is going. It was a G5 jet. $45 million. No. Um, until something drastic happened to your neighbor's plane. You own a house in Florida. Eh, not really. I have a partnership there with my shver. You used to live in the five towns. Yeah, you lived in Bar Park for a very short period of time. One night. You moved back for a reason unknown to you. You learned in Munkat Shcheter for a very short time, and there you got to know Chesisha Avara. You read perfectly the first verse in the parashas Hazinu. Hazinu HaShemayim V'adabayro. Your father is a great masmid. You dive in as a kid, Vasikin. Your mother passed away at a very young age. Your wife is from Chicago. Your first job was by your uncle as an electrician. You're also a caterer. 
your wife's father and your father was a surgeon. Your in-laws cooking up a storm for Shabbos. Okay, fine. Uh, okay, we'll go all the way. To, not to the end, because it goes on forever. Your wife has called themselves Brochus a Rebetzin. She didn't like it. She said she's a Chicagoan girl. Usually live Israel for Passover. The last 20 years, you in a hotel for Pesach. This is due to Corona. Your wife made the first time Pesach herself. I guess it passed. Yeah, the first time she made the whole thing from beginning to end. You made sure to catch that guy that stole your money at Grand Central Station. There is more to write, but the above will suffice. The Megillah keeps on going. Oh, hold on. Oh, it is. Hold on. Very good. So it is. Today's shear is being sponsored by Kalman of the Five Towns. Who else? Kalman, but also this guy. No? That's what I thought. So I did prepare it well. Yeah, Kalman and... So sponsored by Israela and Stephen... Perlich, on the yard side of his father, Binyomen Bereb Shmuel, Benjamin Perlich, Olav HaShalom, the Shalom should have an Aliyah. And by Kalman of the Five Towns, he says, in memory of Menachem Mendel, Ben Simcha, a Holocaust survivor, is a war hero, Tamut Chochem, died before his passing, he recited by heart a sugi from Bob Metziah. And then he says, looking so forward to the Five Towns, see him, please let people know how to reach us, Fancy barbecue, including steaks, tables, swimming, etc. Please reach out to me. There's not, no mention of cheers, but there are tables. On another note, please try to do some kind of thing selling baseball cards. Fine. And that's it. So, Five Towns is coming. They're going to have a major, major seum. And this goes over here. Geschmack. Thanks for the sponsorship. <clears throat> a lot of sponsorships available for the actual seum. <clears throat> the seam itself is $10,000 only, but there's other sponsorships if you want, and uh, you can talk to Yosef about them. Zok de Heilu Gemara, we are holding on Daf Kof Nun Dalid Omd Beis, right? Yeah. We are holding. We can just make this up because nobody knows. Where are we? Hmm. Here we go. I'm just doing the whole Gemara. Fine. Uh, I don't know where we're holding. Five lines from the bottom. <clears throat> yeah? So this idea we're discussing is Dadim. Dadim is... Can you use the side of an animal? You can't ride an animal on Shabbos. Can you use the side of an animal? Can you use the side of a tree? Says the Gemara, You can't go into a sukkah that has two walls that were made by yourself and one wall is a tree. So we have a machlois, can you go into the sukkah? Why is it called oilen? So we touched upon it a little bit. Oilen is, you go up into it, but basically the, the sukkah was on top of the house, so it's oilen. And the concern, as we mentioned on Friday, is that the schach is leaning on whatever slats that you put into this tree. So you have schach, slats, here we'll go back to the pictures, you can find it somewhere. No, not today. Oh, here. So here's the tree. This is your third wall. 
Here are the slats that go into the tree, and the schach is on top of the slats. Says the Gemara, so perhaps the Mechloikis is, is Dadim okay, it's Dadim not okay. The Marisov is Dadim Asurin, and therefore you can't use it as a wall. People, as Rashi mentioned, that people would put stuff on their schach, so you're using the schach that's on the slats, that's on the tree, so that's Dadim, and it's okay. Marisov is Dadim Asurin, Marisov is Everybody might agree. Maybe there's no machloikis. Over here it's completely different. Because if you notice how I said it, you are putting something on the schach that's on top. The schach is touching the slats. That's touching the, the sukkah. That's, so it's two steps removed from the tree. You have schach that's on the slats. That's one tzad. And the slats are in the tree. That's the second one. That's two tzadim. It's like... Uh, putting a basket on the side of a donkey and putting your kid in the basket. So it's a tzad of a tzad. The, the story of the Gemara, when he put his child, he did a slide on the side of the donkey. So that's literally the side of the donkey. This is the side of the tree. So these slides on the side of the tree. But over here, you're talking about the schach that's on the side of the slats that's on the side of the tree. That's two times removed. And that's, that's the machloikis, maybe. So the kula almuds dodim asurim. Everybody else, if it's directly on the side of the tree, it would be also. Over here, it's one step removed. So Rav says, no. At the end of the day, if you hold that the sad, the side of a tree is also, then the side of the side of the tree is also. And if you hold that the side of a tree is motor, so once removed is also mother. They're connected. As the Gemara, that's not true. We see a case that the side is Osir, but the side of the side is mother. You can make a distinction. not I can't say that Omid Aleph is sponsored by uh, Kalman, because if I say it, he's going to send money in again. I'm just going to say... Eli Kamiansky. It's sponsored by Eli Kamiansky today. But you don't have to send the money. And I don't want you to send the money. If you do, I'm sending it back. Because now I have your brother sitting right next to me. And if you do, I'll just give him the money. So don't play games with me. But it's sponsored by Eli Kamiansky from Tzura Dasa. Yased Elon Vitola Bokalkola. Could somebody get this thing away from me? Please, thank you. Put it in a room. So it doesn't bark in middle shear. Thanks. Here you have a tree, and in the tree you see a brown peg, and on the peg you have a ladder. Yeah, you can see it. You see the brown thing on top? So, what does it say here? He didn't put the ladder directly on a tree, he put the ladder on a peg. What's the peg? The peg is tzad. That's a tzad. And the ladder is tzidei tzadim. The peg is one step removed away from the tree. And the ladder is two steps removed from the tree. And on... Oh, sorry. What am I talking about? The dog. Wrong picture. Sorry. False start. It's not even Avi's fault. Here we go. 
here he has a little peg in the, in the tree. And in the tree, on that, he put a basket. And on the basket, he has a bread. In the basket, he has a bread. How big is a basket? It says over here, four tzvachim. What's going on here? We're talking about an Eruv. Eruv Tchumim, remember that picture? You have a house, then you have 2,000 Amas, and 2,000 Amas, you made an Eruv. And so you could go from those 2,000 Amas, another 2,000 Amas. Yeah? I have a picture in there, but I'm not going to make you go get it. I forgot to take it out. Fine. So typically, you can only walk 2,000 Amas from your house to the end of the city. But if you make another Eruv, you put your bread there, so now that bread is as if that's where you live, you're a shoivis right there where the bread is, and then you can walk another 2,000 amas. The problem is, look what he did. He hung it, he, he was trying to be all cool and get the bread away from the animals. So he hangs it on a tree, on a peg on a tree. But now, because the, the basket is four tfachim, and four tfachim is its rishus by itself, and over here it's ten tfachim high, off the ground. So it's a rishus by itself. It's a rishus hayachid. You're talking about it's a rishus hayachid. And if it's a rishus hayachid, you're in rishus harabim. You're not allowed to take the bread out of the basket. Yeah, you have a problem with it. You can't take the bread out of the basket. And memela, your Erev is worthless. If you can't eat the bread, then it's not an Erev. It's not as if you sat there. It's not as if you lived there on Shabbos. So any ruve Erev. Lamata masar tzvachim, eruve Erev. But if it's within ten tzvachim, so it's not a different rishus, it's part of the Jerusalem Rabbim, so it's an Eruv. Says the Gemara, time it not, it's a Bilat. That's only because he put that peg in the tree. But if there's no peg, you can't get to it. Why can't you get to it? Because now it's the actual tree. So we're saying over here that the basket is one sad, the peg is the second sad of the tree. So you see what's going on here? This, this peg is tzad. This basket is tzidets dadim. It's two times removed from the tree. You have to pull the basket to pull the peg to pull the tree. That's two times away from the tree. That's why it's okay. But let's say you didn't have a peg. Let's say you just hung your basket directly on a branch. That would be aser. Because now the basket is tzad. And tzad is aser. So you see a distinction between tzidets dadim and tzad. Yeah, understood? So here we have an afkimino, but Rabbi says it's no afkimino. If you hold tzad is mutter, tzidit zadim is mutter. If you hold tzad is aser, so tzidit zadim is aser. That's not true. In this case, putting the basket directly on the tree is aser, but the basket is a tzad and it's aser. But putting on two, two removed on the peg, then it becomes mutter. So you see this difference between tzad and tzidit zadim. Says the Gemara, this tzad. Says that you're not allowed to put the basket directly on the tree because Shari but he allows you to put a basket on a peg that's on a tree which is too removed. There is another picture, but I didn't have patience to print it. It's a basket that has a very narrow top. And the concern is that when you put your hand into the basket to remove your bread, you're going to shake up the tree. The and then you're actually using the, the, the tree itself. Fine. Says the Gemara. Oh, so by the way, it's just Stama Halacha. We'll get to it in a second. 
Fine. Vilchasot zdodem asurin, tzidei zdodem mutarim. So, the halacha is not like Rabbi said. Zdodin, one step removed from the tree, one peg is asur, but two steps removed, the basket that's touching the bag, like this braisa, mutar. Tzidei zdodem mutarim. You do make a distinction between a tzad and a double tzad. Omer Ravashi, hashadamers, zdodem asurin, now that you're telling me that the tzad is also high darga de midla. Oh, now we're going back to this shmaki case. Colorful ladder. You have a ladder. You want to get up to a watchtower. You shouldn't put it directly on the palm tree. Now, the ladder, you're not touching the tree, you're touching the ladder. So, what's a ladder? One removed from a tree. So what do you do? You want to climb up to the watchtower? So now you put it on this peg that's in the palm tree. The peg is directly attached to the palm tree. You put it on the peg and you climb up. So what is that called? Do not step on top of the brown peg because the brown peg is attached to the tree and that's a tzad. You should always step, make sure you put your foot directly on the ladder, not on the peg. Okay, now, what about setting up this ladder on Shabbos? Are you permitted to set up the ladder on Shabbos? The answer is not. Because by you putting the ladder on the peg, then you are using the peg, and the peg is a tzad. So you can't use a tzad, but you can use a ladder that was already there before Shabbos, because the ladder is the tzidei tzad. Says the Mishnah, I love Rashi here. Every Rashi here says, I think, there's a lot of Mepharsh Begimaras. Maybe it's the next Mishnah. No. Okay, anyway. So you have this bushel of food right here. And it has a, a couple of straps, and we'll see in the Gemara two, three. You let it undo it. What's the concern? The concern is, are you overworking yourself on Shabbos? Is it a good reason? So we have to pay attention to the words here. We have to remember a couple of words. We're, the, the Mishnah starts off with Pekie, Amir. Then the Gemara, the Mishnah says, Kipin. Are they the same? Not the same? Machloikas? And you could scatter... The keepin. The law is hazirin. And we're going to see in the Gemara whether zirin is the same thing as pekin, as hay, or zirin is cedar branches. Says the Gemara, You cannot crush. Shachas is the new wheat as it, it's, it only has a third. It's what the animals like to eat. It's the fresh stuff. You can't eat. When I was a kid, they used to call it boxer. I don't think anybody calls it boxer anymore. Maybe they do. Maybe in Bar Bar. No boxers? Carib. Everybody knows what boxers. Okay, fine. In Hebrew, charuv. Lefnei behema. So you can't crush it up. Now, the stuff that we eat is pretty tough. And you'd understand why you have to crush it up. But it also comes in a softer variety. So this is atircha shalei letzayrach. You don't have to crush it up. Let the animal eat it as it is. There's no point for you to start crushing it. 
Also important to remember these words. It doesn't matter whether it's a large animal, like a cow, a donkey. It doesn't matter if it's a small animal, like a sheep and a goat. Rabbi Yehuda, comes the Tana Rabbi Yehuda, and the mission says, Matir becheruvim ledako. So, just reading it would make sense. Because, look, charov is tough stuff. And this, the, the behemoth dako, the small animal, doesn't have such strong teeth. So you crush it up for them. Says the Gemara, Omer Avuna. So here's Shita number one in the Mishnah. Hain pekiyin, hain hain keepin. So when you start off the Mishnah talking about pekiyin and keepin, they're the identical things. They're both hay. Pekiyin tray, keepin tlaso. So going back to this picture, pekiyin and keepin are the same material. It's the same food. Just the question is one, two, three. Uh, what, is, what are these called, Avi? Strap. I don't like straps. We'll call them straps. There must be a better... It's not, a strap is like a belt, almost. These are like um, robes, strings, uh, ties, whatever. Okay, straps. Avi says straps, straps. He's an attorney. He knows the stuff. David Handler says something else. I don't know what, but something else. All right, three straps. Fasteners? Uh, I don't know. What is Darsh going to say? Three zip ties. Very good. Bundles? Three bundles? No. What is the, what does the article say? Ties. Ties. Three ties. Okay, but I don't know what they are. The three things. Hi. Right. Bungee cords. Yeah, bungee cords, zip ties, 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 fasteners, and not, what did you call the first thing? Not belts, not straps. Not straps. No, it's not, straps is not good. But everybody got the point now. Keep in Tlosa. So the question is, you have two or three. And the Mishnah says, Pekin, you could do it. Fine, you could spread the three, you could spread the two. It's all the same. Alacha. So the Mephaspasin is going on all the bundles. doesn't matter if it has two straps or three straps. You could undo them and you could... Scatter it in front of the animal. Now, why are you scattering the food in front of the animal? Because, explains Rashi, the, the scattering the food creates an aroma, a certain smell that's good for When it's together, it's all hot and it's terrible for the animal. He doesn't, want, he doesn't have any cheshik to eat from it. But when you open it up and you spread it out for him, then his cheshik comes and then he starts eating. Vuadin keepin. So it doesn't matter if it has three ties, two ties. Avalois has zirin. When it comes to the zirin, you cannot spread them, you can't scatter them, you can't even undo the bundle. So Now, and what's the zirin? The zirin, did I skip a word in? I might have skipped. Hang on, because I don't remember saying it. Keep in tlosa. Zirin da arze. Zirin are branches off a cedar tree. So if you have branches off a cedar tree, there's no reason that you should be able to open them up on Shabbos and give it to the animal. Why? So we're going to have almost an opposite machlaikas. We have Rav Chizda who says the opposite of Rav Yud in a second. Rav Chizda says that, I'm saying Ravuna and Rav Yudha. Ravuna says that you could create food uh, you, could, you could improve on the food. Improve on the food. 
but you cannot create food. So if you have straw, you have this, this is food. So you just want to improve it because the animal doesn't like it in this state. You want to make it appetizing for the animal, so you open it up, spread it out. But to take branches off a tree, branches off a tree, they're not, it's really, it's fuel for, for a fireplace. Now you decided to un, undo it and give it to the animal. So what you did is you, you created food. You took something that's not food, made it into food. That's his Ravuna you can't do. Rav Omar, no. Rav Yudha says the exact opposite. You could create food on Shabbos, but you cannot work too hard to improve the food on Shabbos for an animal. Rav Yudha Omar, hey name pekin, hey name zirin. So he says no. Zirin is not the cedar. Zirin is the three bundles. Pekin, tray, zirin, klasa. So when the Mishnah starts off talking about, it almost makes more sense Rav Yudha. The Mishnah starts off talking about a, a double knot, and the, the, all the way at the end, Zirin is a triple knot. Zirin Tlosa, keep in the Arze, and keep in, and the middle one is talking about wood from a cedar tree. You're permitted to undo the double. Avo Pasmusilo, but you're not allowed to spread it. Why? Because it's just too much. It's for, for, for pleasure. And for pleasure, that's considered a tirchei yisero. V'kipin, paspusin namim faspino. When it comes to the cedar, oh, mikatzel katsa. Before, Ravuna said cedar you can't even touch. It's fuel wood. No, Ravuna says, not only is it not fuel wood, I am creating new food because I'm mutter to cre- it's mutter to create new food. And therefore, I could spread it out. Because I got to get this thing out and, and make it food for the animal. The only way to make it food for the animal is to spread it out in front of him. Avalai says zirin the fast place, but the zirin not. What zirin? Tied three times. So he's saying, if it's tied twice, I'm allowed to undo it and spread it. If it's tied three times, I'm allowed to undo it but not spread it. Aval, again, where are we? Rabbi Yudoma, Hainim, Pekin, Hainim, Zirin. Pekin and Zirin are the same thing, they're both straw. Pekin, Trey, Zirin, Tlazo, one is two, one is three. Keep in the Arze, and keep in means the cedar wood. So the, the two one, you could undo, do not spread it. And the cedar, you'll have to undo and even spread it out because now you're creating food. Now, the final one, the three knots. So Rabbi Yudah holds in both. Two and three, you can undo and not spread out. The only time you can spread is cedar. And we pass him like Rabbi Yudah. So, Omar Rava, my time in the Rabbi Yudah, Kosovar, Shivu, Uchlo, Meshavinon. You're allowed to create food from scratch. In other words, like take the cedar branches which were fuel and make them into food. But you cannot work hard in order to improve the food. Alright, so now we're going to ask a couple kashas until the end of the sugit. Now, by the way, tomorrow's daf and all the way to the end of the Shabbos basically is extremely easy. Tomorrow's all I got the stories. Come early to, to hear all the stories. Says the Gemara. Tanan, Eimer Raskin is a shachas, but it's a cheruvim lefnei 
So it says in our Mishnah, you cannot crush the shachas, the fodder, the, 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 the young, the fresh straw when it's only a third of its growth, and not the boxer. Doesn't matter if it's older, if it's a if it's a if it's a small animal, large animal, no. My love, Kharuvim Dumiya Shachas. Mara wants to say that the Kharuv, the the carob is similar to the shachas. And Kharav, we said, has it could be soft and it could be hard. So we're saying no, it's gonna this is we're talking about the soft one. Mashachas the Rikiche, Av Kharuvim the Rikiche. We're talking about the soft carobs. Alma, Lithuchinum Bochlo. So you see from here, since the Mishnah tells us you can't crush it up, why can't you crush it up? Why, why am I crushing it up? I want to make it easy for my animal. I, mean, I want to make it better, more appetizing. But if the Ravuna, Ravuna says, you're permitted to improve, you just can't create new food. And over here say, you can't, you can't make it better, can't improve the food. Flip it around. Not that the charov is similar to the straw, and that means that it's soft. The opposite. The straw is similar to the charov, meaning that the straw is hard. So, why do you have to make it softer? Because we're talking about one of these guys. There's a little guy. A little donkey, he needs help. Toshma, It says at the end of the Mishnah, all the way at the end of the Mishnah, last words in the Mishnah, Rabbi Yehuda the Tana, not Rabbi Yehuda that we just went through a whole sugi with, that says you're allowed to make food from scratch, you're allowed to take cedar wood and make it. No, Rabbi Yehuda in the Mishnah, Rabbi Yehuda says, You're allowed to take boxer. Carib and crush it up for the little guy, this guy. Like a, well, I don't know if this, this is a little guy. This is a baby, Bay Magasa. So let's talk about a sheep. So now the Gemara makes a calculation. If the first time in our Mishnah holds that you're not, you're not permitted to improve food, but you're allowed to create food. How did come Rabbi Yehuda? So that's why Rabbi Yehuda comes along and says, "Listen, I'm creating food. I'm not improving food. I'm creating food before the animal couldn't eat it. It's too tough on the animal, and now I'm making it edible. So making food edible is is." Creating food. It's not improving food, it's creating food. And that's why it makes sense. The rebuke says, listen, even the, the, the smaller animals, I could chop it up for. But if the Tanakama holds like a Ravuna, that you're not allowed to create food, but I'm allowed to improve food, if Rebuke holds, that you're allowed to, you're permitted to give this food to a small animal, then certainly, if you're improving it, you're also improving it for a larger animal. So why can't you improve it for the larger animal? Now what's very interesting, I'm not going to go into it, because we're complicated as is enough, but why don't we just say, the Rabbi Yehuda says the opposite of the Tanakhama completely. Just like we have a Rav Huna and Rav, Rav Yehuda, and they both say the opposite of each other, 
So perhaps in the Mishnah also, Rebbe Yehuda and the Tanakhama are saying the opposite of each other. What's the Gemara's big raya? The Gemara seems to say that Rebbe Yehuda has to hold like the Tanakhama, but maybe they hold, they hold the opposite of each other. So Rashi says, just from the Lashon of the Mishnah, you can't say that. It doesn't fit in well into the Mishnah. Says the Gemara. Now this is very, very hard to understand. But it's, it's more like a, a, like a riddle, like a trick almost. So the Gemara says, Mi savers daka daka mamish. You think when I'm saying the word daka in Rabbi Huda, I'm talking about a small animal like a goat? My daka, gasa. No. Daka in this case is referring to a large animal, a cow. It needs It chews it really well. So, I mean, isn't that a doichak? Yeah, it's a huge doichak. To say that in the entire Shaz, Daka means a goat, and all of a sudden, because you have a, a, you're in a jam, you're going to say Daka means that it eats its food really well. So the Gemara says, even, the Gemara is entertaining you. The Gemara says, even if you want to say such a wild pshat, it's still not a good pshat. Why? But in our Mishnah itself, it uses the word daka. And over there, you can't say the translation of the word daka means it chews its food well. Because we're talking about a gasa and a daka. So what does gasa mean? It, chews, it doesn't shoot its food well. Over there, of course, we're talking about a large animal. So daka means a small animal. So maybe the sefer also means a small animal. Therefore, even if you, you're going to be wild with me, it's not going to work because it doesn't fit into the Mishnah. You're right, so I have no way out of this. Toshma. Sponsored by Shia Greenfield. Green Star Electrical Contracting. So you're allowed to take these gourds and chop them up in front of an animal. Now I'm not a big, I'm not a big mumch in pumpkins. So what's a pumpkin? Hard or soft? And you take the dead animal and a vela and you can cut it up in front of a dog. My love, luim, dumia a question. Are you allowed to feed animals on Shabbos? Your own animals, you're permitted. What about a stray dog? Could you feed a stray dog on Shabbos? Question. Anybody know the answer? You let it go on Shabbos and feed a stray dog. How about, here, another question. You allow, are you allowed to feed a stray giraffe on Shabbos? No, everybody's saying no, you're not allowed. Giraffe, you're not allowed. What about a stray dog? So we're going to see. Very interesting halachas here. My love, diluin, a pumpkin is similar to the nevela. We know an animal that just dropped dead. Very soft meat. It's in the same sentence. So they're the same style food. They're both soft. Over here you see, you have ready-made food. It's called meat. You're not creating food. It's already made. But you're allowed to chop it up. You're allowed to chop up a, a gourd. So... Rabbi Yudha says that you're not allowed to make, you're not allowed to improve on the food, you're allowed to create food, but you're not creating it, you're, you're just cutting it into edible sized pieces, but you're not creating food, you're improving it. Rabbi Yudha should say it's also on Shabbos. Amalach, Rav Yehuda, Loi, Nevela, Dumin, Dedluin. No, 
The nevela is tough like a pumpkin. Just like pumpkins are tough, they're hard. Where do you find? I ask my kids, what kind of meat is tough? Any animal in the world. Start saying horse and lions and polar bears, but they didn't come up with this one. Elephant meat. I don't know. Going back to the safari. They complained. The guy complained that there's no safari. In the safari, I once saw a video. A guy put a video camera and he did the um, over two days. What is it called when they speed it up? You know what I'm talking about. Anyway, it's very interesting. First you see the lions come and then you see the, what is it called? It's, it's amazing to see. The amount of animals that eat off one... Oh, no, first the elephants come. I forgot. First the elephants come, and they sit shiva. They cry, literally. They time cry. Lapse. Time lapse. A time-lapse. Time-lapse video. First the elephants come, and they say goodbye, and they cry, and there's tears. A whole matzav. Then they go away. Then, after they go away, the, 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 the tiger, the, the, the lions come, and then the hyenas, and then the this, and then the that, then the wolves, and then the, the little jackals. It, the, whole, the whole jungle has a, a feast. Talk about a safari. And then the little maggots come. Until there's nothing left but the bones. The entire place has food for like a month. Fine. So I guess the Gemara knew, it's tough stuff. Inami, puppy dogs, a puppy. So they, they need this broken down, otherwise they can't eat it at all. You're going to give an avela to a puppy, a puppy can't eat an avela. So for, by you putting it into, into small pieces, bite-sized pieces for the puppy, now you just created food. Toshma. You're allowed to break up the hay, and you take the aspasta, it's the something else, and you mix them together. What's up, shat? I thought you can't, you can't improve food. Says the Gemara, we're not talking about, you're right, you can't. But this is special. We're talking about uh, spoiled, spoiled uh, hay. Again, going back to this chamar, this little baby donkey, a little cute guy. So, for him, that's what you need to do. So, you're not allowed to improve, but for this donkey, the only way you can eat it is like that. So, mainly you're creating food. Says the Mishnah. This we're going to see in the Gemara. The different over here, Rashi says every 10 seconds. But here's a nice picture from Yoni. See what the guy's doing? He's stuffing his camel. Pasha force feeding his camel. So we're going to see the different, there's different stages. <clears throat> You stuff it completely, you stuff it, they could spit it out, not. We'll see what that is. You can't fatten up the calves. You could force feed a chicken. And you can put water into the bread. But you can't mix it up. If you own bees or pigeons, you can't put water in front of them. As we're going to see in the Gemara, because they can get it by themselves. If they get it by themselves, 
not important for you. Or there's another pshat. Water they have. You can put all the stuff, food, in front of the geese and the chickens. You can't force this animal to have a trough in, in its stomach. So you're, you're forcing a ton of food into its stomach. What, you're going to put that much in its stomach? In. I saw this Arab guy that fed its, its camel a whole kur of food, a tremendous amount. Va'atina kura is like 144 eggs worth. And then not only that, he put another, they were going on a big trip through the desert. So they decided, look, I'm not going to have food there. So let me just stop the camel up with food. And in addition to that, he put food on top of the camel. The same amount, another kur of food in addition to all the other baggage that he's schlepping. So you could, you could force feed a camel. What does it mean? What are these two things? According to Rav Yehuda, once again, he's the Balmachlaikis here. He's in the Machlaikis, I should say. Hamra means that you push it down so far that the, the camel can't regurgitate it, it can't come back up. It's the same action. You're pushing food into its body, but one, the camel could spit it up if he wants. Halata, he could spit it up, and Amra not. Rav Chizda Omar, same machlogs. Rav Chizda Omar, both of them to a place where the camel can no longer bring it back up. And it makes sense. Look, you're going on a trip, you don't want him to spit it up. Hamra is also because you're using some sort of spoon. Halata is with his hand, like in, in this story. I don't know, you can't really see. Malitin, he says, is just putting in the front. And over here is Darsin. Oifsim and Darsin. But over here you see his hand going all the way in. Shmaka picture. How far is he going to get around? Far enough where he can't put it back up. He can't spit it back up. And now he's ready for his big Chalamai trip. His big Benizmanim trip. Says the Gemara, Masar of Yosef, Mahalkitin and Tarnigoylem. Oh, so what's the Lashon? We have the same Lashon by Tarnigoylem. Mahalkitin. Not really. Halkitin. You could force feed a chicken. Veinzarach loymar shemalkitin. So, if you could force feed, let's see. If, if Mahalkitin means force feed, so certainly you could do Malkitin, which is a little bit. Put it in his mouth. Vein Malkitin liyoyin shoyin. But you can't even put a little bit into the, into the pigeon. If you can't put a little bit in his mouth, so certainly you can't force feed it down his throat. If it means that you're, you're forcing it down with his hand, and you just put it in front of him. What? You're not allowed to just throw food in front of your pigeons? They're your pigeons. Why can't you, why can't you throw food in front of them? I think Mark is going to say, no, you can't. Even though you, they're yours. So from here you see, says Rabbi Yudah, you see the nafkimina. One is all the way down the throat, and one is not. Can't spit it back up. And therefore, says Rabbi Yudah, he finishes up. This is Rav Chizda, I think. 
Bechlal de Hamra Bekli Betiyuvta de Rav Yehuda. So this is a kasha from Rav Chiz Rav Yehuda. Rav Chiz said an afkamina between a kli and not a kli. And over here, the only way you can explain Hamra, if we already went through two steps, we have two things. One is forcing it down to a place where it can't put it back up. And then you have another step, forcing the place that it could bring it back up. And now you have Hamra. What's Hamra? You're already done with the two. So Hamra must be a kli, which Rav Yehuda doesn't discuss. That's Rav Chizda. Says Rabbi no. You proved it from a question. And I'm going to answer your question. What was your question? The question was, how, why is it usher for you, according to your cheshman, why is it so usher to put food in front of your pigeons? Put your food in front of the pigeon. They're your pigeons. You have to feed your pigeons. You do it with your hand. And Malkita means you throw it in front of you, in front of the animal. With a kakashi, but your whole proof was from pigeons. And you're saying, how is it possible that it means to put food in front of an animal? Of course, you're allowed to put food in front of a pigeon. You're not to feed your animal that could eat on its own. So, what if you own a dog and it's able to eat on its own? It could go into the garbage can. Then you know how to feed it. But that's not what I was saying. I was saying the exact opposite before. This is unbelievable chiddush. This chazer, you own a chazer. You own a whole bunch of chazerim. You own a farm of chazerim. You're not allowed to feed them on Shabbos. You're not to feed a pig. Why? Because it's a pig. And you shouldn't be owning a pig. You, there's a curse if you own a pig. So because you shouldn't be feeding it, you have no right to feed it. But a kelev, you could own a dog. You see, unfortunately, you could own a dog. It's not as, as long as it's not dangerous, you let own a dog. And therefore, if you're allowed to own it, you have to feed it. So it's okay. But what about the pigeon? As you're going to see soon, the pigeon can just get its own food. It doesn't need you. You're not allowed to put water in front of your bees. Bees is a huge business, right? Without bees, the farmers are out of business. And today, the bees are going down. It's a whole thing. So they bring these trucks. I don't know if you've ever seen it. They bring a truck with a gazillion bees, and they open up the doors, and the bees just go all over your field. And then when they pollinate and everything, they, the truck comes back, and it goes back in the truck. It's a whole business. If these bees are yours, you're not allowed to feed them water. And if you own pigeons, you're not allowed to give them water. I've noticed if they have vazim, but you're allowed to give geese. If they have goyle, if they have yoyinah, they're seers. A different type of pigeon you're allowed to. My time out. La mishum da hanim is a noise in a lecha, vanayim is a noise in a lecha. Because you're not mechoyiv to. You don't have to feed them. Says the Gemara, Tameich, Mayiri, Mayo, Afilu, Chita, Sorry, Namiloi. So why are you talking about water? Don't give them anything. So, very interesting. If it's an animal that could do, do well on its own, like a pigeon could go out there and drink, or a bee that doesn't need your water, could just go to the, to the fountain somewhere and drink, which they do, so you're not, you're not allowed to feed them. That's a terchiyas But if you have a dog that doesn't know how to survive on its own, then you're permitted to feed it. So lehalacha. Here's the halacha over here. It says over here that any kind of oyve, I just 
Can you turn that thing on? Oh, and I didn't put my tissue underneath it, so it's a little crooked the whole time. Okay, we'll have to fix it for tomorrow. So it says like this, any hefker dog, you're allowed to do, you're allowed to give it mezainos, and that's the shulchan harav. In archa shulchan, if he's hungry, a stray dog is hungry, mitzvah liten loy oichol gam b'shabbos, m'shum v'rachamov al maso. That comes from the archa shulchan, if you see a dog that's hungry, and dogs get hungry, as the Gemara is going to say soon. Oh, but here's a major halacha. This is Simon Shin Chavdalet. I hate to ruin a lot of people's minog. And he says like this. A lot of people have a minog to feed the birds in Shabbat Shiro. And they're doing the wrong thing. I didn't look over here. This is the Magan Avram. That's it. He doesn't bring another shita. So if you go by the Mishnah Bura, he says that it's usher to feed birds on Shabbos Shira, even though it's a very holy minog, and it's uh, and people do it, but he doesn't understand how you're permitted to do it because a wild bird does fine on its own, and when any animal does fine by its own, not only a wild bird, your own animal can do well on its own. Your own pigeons, your own bees, usher to feed them on Shabbos. That's the Tirchi Yaseira. The only time it's mutter to feed an animal, any animal. So it doesn't matter if it's yours or wild. If it's a wild dog, you're allowed to feed it because it does, doesn't do well on its own. And if it's a private animal that does well on its own, you're not allowed to feed it. Kids are big problem for those who have that minute to feed the birds and Shabbos. I already knew that, Allah, because my father is bucking Shukhan Aruch, and he didn't allow us to feed the birds. He darshaned by the doorway of the Nasi. My tzadik din dalim. The tzadik understands the judgment of the poor. Yedeakadish knows that the dog doesn't have a lot of food. It's interesting because we always say, You think that the dog could eat anything, even garbage? Well, seems like no. They struggle. Dogs struggle. You actually see, now I'm thinking about it, those stray dogs, they get really skinny. They, they, they're, they're, they're malnourished. They don't have, they don't have mazinus like you would think. Okay? They can't eat grass. They, they, they need specific foods and they don't have it. Therefore, or the way it works is that his food could last in his stomach for three days. So the Allah is like this. If a dog eats a corpse, eats part of a corpse, a human corpse, and then that dog walks into a room, the room is tame or not tame, it has a piece of human being inside of it. Tame or not tame? Not tame. Very good, not tame. Moshe Pashk is like, I got, a, I got a, a regard from you that somebody said he had a meeting. And he invited, we wanted to meet with you or something? He said, absolutely not. Motzi Shabbos, I don't go anywhere. I got to do the daf. Shkoyach. So the loch is, if it's inside the dog's body and the dog's alive, no tumah. But once the dog dies, then the dog doesn't have the power to, to shield the house from the tumah. The dog is just a dead dog. So the tum inside the dog, the, the corpse, the human corpse inside the dog, the part of it, a kazais, let's say, 
We're just talking theoretically here. Shemirachem. That part does have the ability to be mitama. But how many days after the dog ate it? Three days. And there's no halach three days. You don't say mixes hayom kikula because you're talking about a, a fact. Because made a fact that the, the, the food could stay in the dog's stomach for three days. It's not three days until shkia. It's three times 24 hours. So it's me'es le'es. And what if a, a fish, a fish gobbled up yaina, let's say, and then yaina died inside, let's say. Yaina navi. So the fish protects from the tumma. But once the fish dies, then there, it doesn't protect. But how much? It's very quick. Enough that it could go into, jump into, go into fire and it burns up. It's, it's, it's minutes versus three days. In other words, the digestive system of a fish works very, very quickly. And this is where the Mogan Avram gets it from, basically. From this line right over here, it's the minog to feed a dog. Not even your own dog, any dog. Give it a give it a bone. Vikama, Omar of Mari, Moshachudna, you should give it the size of an ear. This big. I think the human ear, not the dog ear, but But you should walk around with a stick. You give it a bone, the size of an ear, and immediately give it a whack. Because if you don't, it's gonna come after you. I unfortunately have that experience. We told people, do not feed that little dog. So somebody came and was a big tzaddik. And gave him some chow, gave him some chicken. So now I suffer till this very day. Every single Shabbos he comes and begs and begs for food. We still don't give him, but he still begs and makes us some sugar. The chutra basre, you take a stick, you, you feed it, but you chase it away. But in the city, don't. If you give him food in the city, he'll keep on chasing you. Says Rashi, you'll lose your money. Says Rapapa, there's no one poorer than a dog. There's no one richer than a pig. Because a pig could eat anything, but a dog can't. So, Rav Yudah says, by pushing it all the way to where it can no longer come up, is considered... Uh, what was the Lashon over there? Malitin. Um, the Nafkimino was pushing it all the way where it can't spit it up, to where... You could spit it up. Eze amra, veze alata, alata namra. Hamra, marbitsa, you make it sit down on the ground with its knees on the, on the ground. Upagis its pio, you open up its mouth. Umachilok arshin and umayim, the vetch and the water, bevazachas. Halata, machilo muumod, the animal standing up. Umashkim muumod, and you give it some water. Benoisnik arshin, befne atzmon, umayim, befne atzmon. I think we should stop here, no? We'll have a gishmaka, we'll have a little bit of a sugyat, a little bit, five, ten minutes, and then we have stories upon stories, and then we have another short daf. Raboisai, have a wonderful Motzi Shabbos. Three more days. Monday we're doing a siyum. Tuesday we're starting Erevin. Get your friends to join. Tell all those people that dropped out on us during Corona. They could come back. They don't have to finish Shas exactly. They shouldn't be um, perfectionists. You can finish Shas minus 50 Dafa Shabbos. It's okay. Starting a brand new Masechta. Givaldik and Masechta.